Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we are finishing up Matthew chapter 13 as we make our way through the Gospel of Matthew. And we're in this introduction to the Gospel series where we are looking at the history and the culture and the context in which Matthew addressed his original Jewish audience. If you're just joining us, I would invite you to go back a couple days at least to the beginning of Matthew chapter 13 or even the beginning of the series. And I think it'll bless you and make a little bit more sense to you. And I just want to remind you that we have additional resources that we've created for each episode. There are journaling prompts and family discussion guides, as well as children's episodes. You can find the links to all of that in the show notes. And then also, if you want to go a little bit deeper, we also offer spiritual direction and life coaching. I have that available. If you head to shehears.org, you can schedule that as well. So as we dive in, again, we're reading from the NIV, and I'm starting at verse 44. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he had found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out his storeroom, new treasures as well as old. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? They asked. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where did this man get all of these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. So if you're wondering why Jesus would be teaching in parables, I would go back at least to yesterday's episode where we kind of unpacked that a little bit. But here today, we see a couple additional parables that some of the content of those parables, the original audience would have understood perhaps a little bit better than we do. And so the first concept, starting in verse 44, is this idea of treasures. In that context or that culture, treasures were often buried for safekeeping because there were no formal banks, at least the way that we know them today. And so the most likely circumstance that this is talking about is here is a peasant who is working the field of a wealthy landowner, and he found this treasure, but covering it up again because he didn't want the landowner to find it and claim it for himself. And 
really stories of finding lost treasure was naturally something that circulated among the people that lived in poverty. And it usually talked about having this wealthy outcome. And it was kind of a folklore among that culture and something that they would look to for hope. And so Jesus is using that storyline to stir his listeners to this understanding of sacrificing whatever is necessary for a treasure that is far greener than anything that you're going to find on earth as far as earthly treasure. And so the emphasis here is on this worth of this treasure that sometimes other people can't see. It's worth far more than any kind of sacrifice you might have to make in order to acquire this treasure. And of course, the treasure is representing the kingdom of God. And then we jump down to verses 45 and 46, where it's talking about divers. And I don't know if you realize that this tradition went all the way back to this time frame, but there were divers who would seek out pearls in the Red Sea, in the Persian Gulf, and in the Indian Ocean. And some of those pearls, which were then imported by the rich, they could be worth the equivalent of millions of dollars. And the hearers of Jesus at this time would have been familiar of that basic premise or that basic storyline. And then it goes on to talk about how the kingdom of heaven is like a net. And this isn't a small net that we're talking about. Here he's talking about a drag net, which is the oldest type of net that was used up until recently. And it was the way that they fished on the Sea of Galilee. And so it was shaped like a really long wall, basically, sometimes a thousand feet. And it would be about 25 feet high. And at the center of this wall of net, it was five feet high at each of the ends there would have been ropes that held onto sinkers and the head rope would float onto these corks that were attached. And it would basically be a wall of netting that would have been dragged to the shore by both ends and it would trap all of the fish in that area inside. They would then have to separate the bad fish from the good fish. And so the bad fish would be fish that had things like they didn't have fins or they didn't have scales. And according to Levitical law, chapter 11 of of Leviticus, those kinds of fish were unclean and could not be eaten. And so like this large dragnet, this large wall of netting, the kingdom of heaven has all sorts of people respond to this preaching. Remember, they're called fishers of men. And so the true nature of those that will be gathered will not always be super clear. And what will end up happening is there will have to be a judgment where there will be have to be a separation. Think about Judas, who eventually betrayed Jesus. Initially, he came forward and he was one of those fishers of men that responded to this initial call. But yet what ended up happening? We know he betrayed Jesus. Not everybody that responds favorably to the gospel is going to be sincere, is going to be somebody that is going to live out this kingdom righteousness. And so he's talking about how God will eventually judge and separate the good from the bad. And then down to verse 52, it talks about the storeroom of new treasures and old treasures. See, in that time frame, the scribes or the teachers that would have been trained on the Torah would have studied under a rabbi. And in a similar way, there has now become disciples of Jesus in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus is their teacher or their rabbi. And so a true disciple knows how to draw spiritual truths from the parables. We talked about this uh, for the, over the last couple of days because they do that by going to Jesus. 
and they are able to hear the truth and understand the truth and discern the truth by listening to the words of Jesus. And so there's this balance between how Jesus is now teaching and interpreting the law that the Torah trained teachers sometimes inappropriately interpreted because they, they got away from the heart of God and they focus so much on the law. And so they're balancing both these promises that are fulfilled from the Messianic kingdom from the Old Testament. And then they're also balancing that with how Jesus is fulfilling the law and the prophets and how he's interpreting them. And so it's new treasure and old treasure that's coming together to reveal the kingdom of heaven. And then as we jump down to verse 54, it talks about how Jesus is teaching people in their synagogue and they were amazed. And it talks about Jesus in his hometown. And although Capernaum had become the home base, basically, of Jesus during his Galilean ministry, Nazareth was his hometown. That was the land of his father and his family. And so he's referring to this idea of this tradition of prophets being rejected in their own town. And that was actually pretty common. It wasn't just for Jesus. It was in general what would happen with the prophets. And when Jesus was growing up in Nazareth, he would have been this carpenter talking about the carpentry. And we understand that that was very, very common. There was a need for carpenters because the nearby city had been burned down. A lot of the inhabitants of that city had been enslaved. And it's not surprising that Joseph and Jesus were carpenters. They did all sorts of things from masonry work to woodwork. And the people that lived in that town only saw Jesus as this carpenter. And Nazareth itself was a small village during this time. And there was anywhere from, you know, some scholars estimate 500 people, some estimate up to about 2000 people. Either way, it was a small town. And these people would have been very familiar with Jesus, Joseph and that entire family. He would have been well known to the people that lived in that town. And I think it's super interesting because if Jesus experienced this, I think it's completely normal that we experience it as well. And if I'm open and, you know, I can feel like I can be transparent with you guys. There are analytics. So when I am looking at the analytics of the podcast, I can see even down to the city that people are in when they listen to the podcast. And I can tell you that there are no people that listen to my podcast that live in my town. And while that used to bother me, I've let go of it and I have given it to the Lord. Um, but it's also things like I don't ever get invited to speak locally here at local churches. But yet I get invited to speak sometimes around the world at the other places, at conferences and churches and things. And of course, there are people from all over the world that listen to this podcast and we hear from and I do life coaching for people all over the world. But yet there is nobody that is... I guess perhaps bought into the vision and the mission of the Hearing Jesus podcast and she hears locally. Now, not my own family, of course, but as far as the rest of our hometown, there's not even a mention of it. And I, you know, I've often wondered what that is. Is it jealousy? Is it, you know, you look at people around you and, and they recognize that, well, you made it or you are doing something significant and and it convicts them because maybe they're not. I don't know the exact reasons around it. And like I said, it did used to bother me. But at this point, I've just surrendered it. And I realized that if it happened to Jesus, it's who am I to to get upset about it happening to me? But I, I mentioned that just so you recognize that as you were leaning into God's call in your life, 
don't be surprised if there are people in your life that are not supportive. Don't be surprised if there are people that are going to try to knock you down and discourage you and tell you that you're not qualified. But it's the spirit of God that qualifies you. It is not you. It is not your background. It is not your education. It is not your experience. It is the spirit of God. And that is the primary relationship that you have to worry about. What God says about you is the most important thing. So given that insight, I'm going to go back and reread starting at verse 44. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary, and aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Can I just pray for my friends today that are perhaps feeling frustrated or disappointed or even sad about the way that they have or have not been accepted in their own hometown or within their own family as they stand boldly before you to declare this message of the gospel. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them that we recognize that you and your relationship is the most important thing. That as we go throughout our days, that we would be encouraged and we would be reminded that even you experience this. So Lord God, I just pray for a fresh dose of encouragement for my friends today, that they would recognize your spirit working in and through them, that they would be encouraged that no matter what anybody else says, that you are the voice that matters and you call them love, that you are proud of them. Lord, I thank you for that fact. And I just pray that you would help us to keep going. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, friends, thanks for listening. Hey, friends, as we lean into a new month and we continue to learn and grow together, there's a couple resources I want to make sure you know about so you can take advantage of. The first is our Patreon page, and the link for that is in the show notes. And on the Patreon page, we have a couple things. We have a dedicated space that is for discussion, for asking questions. You get easy access to me where we talk about things. We hold each other accountable. There are resources that go with the show, like a journaling prompt worksheet download for every single adult show. We also have family discussion guides. And what's really been neat about those is that on the kids show every day, I talk about the same content that's on the adult show, just taught in a way that kids can understand. Then the family discussion guides create an environment for you to process that information with your children. You can use that at the dinner table or even as part of your devotional routine. There's some suggested prayer and activities and things to help you connect that content to the appropriate age for your children. So all of that is on the Patreon. Also, there's some prophetic words, extra videos, transcripts, all those kinds of things. The second is on our website. 
If you go to shehears.org, there's a shop resources page that has my Bible studies that I've written, links to different journaling Bibles, note-taking Bibles, all sorts of resources to help you grow. And then also on our website, we have the coaching section. If you are finding that you need some spiritual direction or life coaching, that is available for you as well. And that's really good to help you process what you're learning. If you're feeling stuck, if you need to work through something, if something just isn't sitting right, or if you want to teach this content and you need to help develop a plan, I'm available to help you do that as well. Again, all of these are resources to help you grow in your spiritual life and hear God's voice more clearly. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going.